Will you join me in our scripture reading today? It comes from 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, and we're going to read verses 17 through 20. Dear brothers and sisters, after we were separated from you for a little while, though our hearts never left you, we tried very hard to come back because of our intense longing to see you again. We wanted very much to come to you, and I, Paul, tried again and again, but Satan prevented us. After all, what gives us hope and joy and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns, it is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Chad Stewart. I am an associate pastor here at Vineyard Springbrook. And the last few weeks, we have been in a sermon series called Future People. Today, we are going to conclude that series. And in the previous weeks, Lindsay has talked about love, faith, and hope that we have in Jesus. Last week, she gave one of the best sermons I've ever heard on the rapture. If you haven't heard that, go to our podcast and check that out. It is fantastic. It will clear up any confusion or questions you may have about the rapture. So please, please go check that out. But today, I want to finish out with us talking about what seemed to be the one thing Paul always did and the one thing that I think we must do. In any situation that Paul found himself in or the people around him who he was mentoring, Paul was always looking to influence people. I have a story to tell about when I first came to the vineyard. Um, I went to go play pickup basketball on Monday nights, which vineyard people did, and they did before COVID. Hopefully after COVID, we'll get back to playing pickup basketball on Monday nights. But there I met uh, the lead pastor at Vineyard Merrill, Aaron McCarter. And over that and over me sneaking into their evening night services that they used to have where introverts could go and introvert and hardly anyone would talk to you. It was fantastic for me for figuring out the vineyard and becoming part of this community. I loved it. But over that course of time, I got to know Aaron. And then about four months in, uh, me and Aaron scheduled a meeting to talk. And what Aaron knew about me at that time is I was a guy that was being licensed by a different denomination. Um, they were talking to me about planning a church, and Aaron listened to that, and he was encouraging with me being with that denomination and looking to plant churches. He offered help if there's any way that he could help. And, um, and over the course of that, we just decided to meet. And what Aaron Pobre thought was that he was going to meet a really mature excited guy that wanted to plant churches or that wanted to preach or that wanted to go at this thing super hard and was ready. But what he got in that meeting was me breaking down in tears because of a bad church experience and also with me learning how to deal with some of my own failures in life. Um, I was broken, tired, and honestly, I needed a community and a friend. And as I was telling Aaron my story, he did nothing but look me in the eyes and smile while writing things down. And I don't know about you guys, I'm crying and he's smiling at me, looking at me right in the eyes, only looking away to write things down. It was super weird to me um, because he was smiling the whole time was something that was, I thought, really painful. Um, but at the end of that, um, after I was done crying, after I was done what I felt like making a fool of myself, expecting judgment or expecting him to think, well, he wasn't what I thought he was, um, Aaron paused for a moment, looked at his seat, smiled at me, and started to read off all the things that God told him about me while I was crying and 
talking to him about my pain. Um, he started to say things that while he was listening to me talk that he could feel the joy of the Lord of my faithfulness for sticking through a tough situation. Um, he had told me that with all my failures that I had, that God has forgiven me and wanted me to keep on pursuing my calling. He told me that God was proud of me like a father for sticking with that bad church situation. And that moment, guys, changed my life. Now, he ended it in like the weirdest prayer moment I've ever had in my life. I don't have enough time to tell that story. If you see me in person, I'll tell you. It's hilarious. But guys, I tell that story to say Aaron did the one thing we all need to do. He influenced me and made a profound impact on my life. He spoke the truth about who I was over me when I was believing lies. When I think about the vineyard here, the staff I work with, and the people that um, serve you guys every single day, these are people who influence. It's what I think, it's why I love the vineyard. Um, it's why I love Springbrook so much. And I think we are all given that DNA from Aaron and has blessed our churches today and it's continuing to bless our churches. And when I look back at our text for today, or honestly, the whole book of Thessalonians, Thessalonians, or anything Paul ever wrote, I see Paul speaking truth, life, and influencing churches in the midst of hard times, and specifically this one in Thessalonians um, while they were going through persecution. Paul shows this in verses 19 and 20. He says, after all, what gives us hope and joy, and what will be our proud reward and crown as we stand before our Lord Jesus when he returns? It is you. Yes, you are our pride and joy. Paul invested in people. That's what he did. And to invest in people, you have to learn how to influence people. And here's the truth, guys. We are always influencing people. Always. It's just whether or not we're doing it for better or for worse. Are we tearing down or are we building up? How we carry ourselves influences any room that we enter into. Are we carrying faith or are we speaking death? Most people in the world are not looking for or waiting to hear a new apologetic of why Christianity is true. They're waiting to see and hear the Christian faith in action. People have heard Jesus in our context and heard sermons on the truth of who he is. Those things aren't bad, but we need a new apologetic, which is actually an old one. Outsiders, and as a matter of fact, the church needs to see Christian love in action as we are moving in faith and speech that falls in line with our action as we're moving in faith. And right now in this crazy polarized world we are currently living in, it is easy kind of to stand out, guys. It's rather easy to influence others in the faith. We, we've just kind of made it hard it's actually really easy to influence the people around you in a socially distant world. So I want to share with you how I've learned to be an influencer of people in faith over the last few years that I think can help us all. Uh, number one, figure out who God made the person that's in front of you to be. Um, typically, whenever I'm going to my core group or I'm meeting someone on a one-on-one, -on -one, the prayer I always pray before I enter the room as I'm walking up to that group is, God, show me who these people are. God, show me who you have made these people to be. 
Um, and I have awesome fruit that has come from that. Um, um, I have stories. Talk to me about it. I would love to tell them. But there's a story in the Bible, I think, that shows us this perfectly. It's the story of Paul, who wrote the book of Thessalonians, and Barnabas. In Acts 11, we see a guy named Barnabas, whose name is actually, the meaning of it is son of encouragement. Um, he goes to Antioch, and he's preaching the gospel, and they're seeing fruit and all these things. And then the scripture says this. It says, and then Barnabas went to go get Paul. Now, at this time, um, Paul wasn't who he was. Um, if you know the history of Paul, his name used to be Saul. He persecuted and consented to the death of Christians, of the faith. Um, that's who he was before he knew Jesus, before he had the Damascus Road experience. And then after he had that revelation of Jesus and became a believer, he went back to his hometown. But out of nowhere, this guy Barnabas says, I need that guy. I need the guy who used to be a murderer to come and help. And Barnabas goes and gets Paul, brings him back, and Paul comes to life. He is preaching the gospel. People are coming to faith. And then Barnabas takes Paul and sets him before the apostles and vouches for him. And that's what we need to be. Barnabas did not see as man sees. He saw people as God saw people. And we need to be like Barnabas. It's easy to see the dirt about people, guys. If you do life with people, it's easy to see that. We need a renewed mind and a new way of seeing the world, and we have to ask God for that. So the first thing we do, we ask God. We figure out who the person was made to be. The second thing, we tell them with confidence because it takes, and another word for confidence is faith. We tell them with faith. And guys, it can be rather weird to speak positive things to people about themselves. People may, may think that you have a different motive or because that's not culturally um, normal, right? Just to speak good things to people. Um, and they may think it's weird, but I promise you, they'll walk away and they'll be encouraged. And guys, to speak it, you got to have faith. You have to be moving in faith with Jesus to be able to speak it. But guys, that's all we have to do is tell them to be an influence. That was Paul was doing throughout his whole letter, just speaking truth and influencing them. The third thing, support the person any way you can until they become that person God has made, made them to be, that person that God has shown you who they were created to be, walk beside them, love them, encourage them. When they're not acting out as God made them to be, you come alongside of them and you love them. You give them life. That's what Aaron did to me that day. After that, he invited me to walk with him and he gave me life. I probably wouldn't be standing here today if he didn't do that, he encouraged me in the faith. Um, and then number four, guys, repeat as necessary. That's it. You want to be an influence to the world. You want to be an influence in the faith, seeing people come alive in Jesus, in the faith. I just think you have to do this, which is number one, figure out who God made that person to be. Tell them with confidence, with faith. Three, support the person any way you can. And number four, repeat as necessary. I think it's that easy. To do this, though, and this is the hard part, 
It means you have to actually be aware and engage the people around you. When you go to the grocery store, when you walk outside your house and see your neighbor, you engage and order the influence. When others are talking negatively about a person that you have also experienced that way, you don't engage the conversation or you speak something true about that person, which is positive. Now, people may leave that conversation because you're not going with the flow, but that's how we influence culture. That's how we influence honor. You help others see how God enjoys people and how God sees people. Now, I don't think you have to be highly prophetic or have some strong gift to do this. You simply just have to be present and aware of the people around you. You have to call it out, speak it with faith. This is my favorite thing to do. As some of you know by now, I've been here for a year. I'm not exactly what you would call socially smooth. I'm not working the crowd like Lindsay on Sundays in the conversations he has. She describes herself as when she walks into a room, she's like confetti that just explodes across the room. I'm not like that at all, but I'm good at this. I'm good at speaking truth to people because once I experienced this in my own lives, in my own life, I, I wanted other people to experience it. I saw how powerful it was, and I wanted to move like that. Most people in the world, guys, are terrified. They don't know who they are. God does, though, and I know God, so I think I can be an influence in the world. Uh, you know God. I think you can be an influence in the world right now, and that's the thing that I love about Paul, right? It was almost impossible for Paul to get distracted. Um, Paul was always on purpose and moving in purpose. Um, in the book of Acts, we see Paul get stoned and left for dead. He would pop up the next day, encourage the new believers, and then go on to the next town. That's what he did at, Phil, at Philippi. It's, it's, it's insane. You could put him in a hurricane at sea for two weeks, shipwreck him, stick him on a sandbar, and he'll swim the shore. There Paul uh, got wood, built a fire, and then encouraged everyone. And then as he's building the fire, he gets bit by a poisonous viper, shakes it off, and he gets back to it. You just couldn't distract Paul. He was about purpose because he knew he was made for purpose. Paul was determined, no matter the situation, to be an influence to everyone around him. And guys, that's 95% of it, being intentional, doing it on purpose. And if you don't do it on purpose, then you probably just won't do it. Paul says in Ephesians 5, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. In other words, if you're not doing it on purpose, you'll just be taking you'll just be taken by the day. You can either seize the day or you can let the day seize you. You, can, you have to be careful. You have to make the most of every opportunity and every moment to be an influence and to change culture around you. And you have to be intentional about it or it will never get done. Now, I, I want you guys to hear this. When you have determined to be intentional about being an influence in the world, chaos political drama, petty differences, and a worldwide pandemic cannot stop you. Only you can. 
So don't wait to be an influence. Do it now. I have a truism, truism I try to live by. I don't always succeed by doing. Johnny actually saw this quote and told me before I'm, I came and I'm preaching now that I stole it from Richard Foster. I may have, but I'm just running with it, guys. It's something I try to live by. I'm going to quote it. That bubble's going to pop up in the screen. You guys can quote me on it. It's fantastic. And it's this. Anything in life that is worth doing is worth doing now. If you are online right now, text someone and tell them that you love them. If you were driving down the road the other day and you thought something good about somebody, text them now. Be an influence in their life. After this preaching video, video is over, walk outside. Don't stalk your neighbor, but whenever they walk outside, have a conversation with them. Talk to them. Let them know that they're being seen by you and loved. Um, that's really all we have to do. Typically, I know what hinders most of us from being influencers in our lives. It's a bad self-image. We don't have good thoughts about ourselves. We've had things spoken over us that wasn't true, and we believe those things. And since we believe that we're not the right person or we're not ready yet, opportunities that God has given us are passing us by. And so I want to end today by blessing you guys. But instead of a prayer, I want to take a moment and do what Paul does. I want to influence you. So let me say to you, Vineyard Springbrook, let me influence you for just a moment. Whatever negative thing you believe about yourself is not true. It's a lie. Don't believe it. Stop giving it a voice about you. When Jesus went to the cross and died, he took your bad self-image your sin, your pain as his own and ended it so that now you don't have to earn his love and approval. You are his love and approval. You may say, but I have sinned. I'm not holy. I'm not the right person to be an influencer. Jesus says, I have bore your sin. I have imputed to you my righteousness. You don't have to work for it. Now, all I see is righteous, holy, blameless in my sight. You don't have to earn it or prove anything to me. You have everything you need to be an influence in the world. Vineyard Springbrook, you are salt and light. You may say my earthly father or mother never loved me, and that has marked me. You may say my wife or husband has left me. My abuser told me I was worthless and powerless. My deconstruction has made me not even believe in you anymore, Jesus, or the church has told me that you're disappointed and mad at me mad at me. Guys, Jesus has seen your pain, brokenness, what seems like maybe a lack of faith, and all the lives that have been perpetrated in his name. And yet he sees you as a beloved son or daughter and is calling you to come near so he can take away all the lies and speak the truth about who you are over you. And if you can't hear Jesus, come do life with me. Come do life with Lindsay. Come do life with Johnny. Come do life with Aaron. Lord, listen to God for you and speak those truths over you. That's one thing I love about our staff. We have to do this to each other constantly. We need others to speak the truth of God over us. And guys, I'm a believer today because someone in the world's eyes and the church's eyes, who they may have considered messed up and broken, kept on loving me. He invited me to church, but that wasn't the kicker for me. 
He stayed in my life and loved me despite all that I wasn't at that time. I didn't even believe in Jesus, and he loved me and encouraged me and was my friend. I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. And I know most people would have not said, well, that guy's an influencer. He was for me. He wasn't a pastor or a preacher. He's what you may consider broken, but he loved me. And he invited me with him wherever he went. I'm here today because of that person. And I believe that everyone watching today, if you're watching this right now, I believe that you're an influencer. No matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus, you have the, abil the ability to move in faith and influence people to Jesus. So, Vineyard Springbrook, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Go and be an influencer in this world.